Father in heaven, be with us, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Revive, reform us, for Christ's sake. Amen. Greetings, salutations, welcome to this Prophetic Insights, where we analyze current events as they are fulfilling Bible prophecies. Safe to Serve International, first-time viewers, welcome one, welcome all to this Prophetic Insights. I know I'm a few minutes early, 30 minutes early than our normal time at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. As this is over, we are going to be on the road traveling again, being about our Father's business. And by God's grace, in a few weeks from now, I'm going to announce something that is going to be of great interest for all of us as it relates to the work of aggressive, effective evangelism. For that, please stay tuned. All right, my friends, let's get right into this. The hour is late. And as God's professed people, we need to understand that we're living in a time of crisis. My friends, we know 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible speaks about that there are going to be scoffers in the last days. And the scoffers, that camp of scoffers, it is winning souls to its group. And we're told in the book of Revelation chapter 14, the final crisis before the second coming of Jesus, is the mark of the beast. All right. We know the mark of the beast is Sunday worship by law. According to Revelation 13, verse 15 through verse 17, the Bible teaches a Sunday law must be mandated. People are going to be coerced, compelled. Under what penalty? The penalty of prosecution, and persecution, and even death. Here comes the scoffers now. Even professed SDA, they're now saying that there cannot be a Sunday law crisis. And they're using the present pestilence 19 crisis with its policies. And they're saying, look, the president have now mandated inoculations. And there are individuals in leadership in America and the common people that they're pushing back, rejecting these mandates. And they're using that as the sign that there will not be a Sunday law mandate, a Sunday law crisis, a Sunday rest crisis. Brothers and sisters, you need to stay tuned to this presentation. Secondly, in my closing segment, I'm going to address the fact that now we have a Seventh-day Adventist-operated publishing site, publishing house, namely Adventist Review, with a particular author. They have stated that Jesus Christ broke the Ten Commandments in order to preserve life. Do you know what that means, the implications? They're actually teaching that Jesus Christ sinned. Yes. What type of a savior was he then? Could he actually be our savior? 
brothers and sisters, let's launch into this. All right. The premier medical advisor said, expect many, many more inoculation mandates to compel enough Americans to get the pestilence 19 magic bullet. Take a listen, brothers and sisters. We're not wasting any time today. The variant, but we have a, a, a really unfortunate situation that we have a pretty hardcore group of people that we're trying to persuade them or mandate them if they're not persuaded to get. I'm not sure what is funny. Why he's smirking and laughing and chuckling. Clip number two. Look at this, brothers and sisters. I want everyone to read the transcript of the words below. I'm going to the headline. Mr. Carlson blasts these politicians for flip-flopping on the inoculation mandates. The host shows clips of the president, even Pelosi and uh, the premier physician, all claiming that the mandates would never happen. But what happened thereafter? <laughs> we have the president sending forth the mandate. There it is. Look at the words below. That's Pelosi. That's the doctor. And that's the president. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Flip-flopping. Is this mandate lawful or is it unlawful notice again brothers and sisters listen the other way to do it is to have many many more mandates i know that that you know rankles a lot of people but you're going to see situations locally i don't think you're going to see centrally uh derived mandates but they're going to be mandates where colleges universities places of business large corporations they're going to say if you want to work for us Oh, brothers and sisters. And yet, previously, what did he state previously? That they don't have the constitutional authority to bring forth such a policy. And within, what, December 2020? Within, uh, what, nine months? Things have changed, brothers and sisters. The question is, are these policies, mandates, constitutional? Or are they unconstitutional? Ponder that latter question. I'm going to share with you something now. We're in the government states that they can force inoculate individuals against their will, against their conscience, when there is a crisis, a health crisis in the land. Look at this, brothers and sisters. This is Fox 13, Tampa Bay. September 13, 2021, they will go back to history, looking at George Washington. All right, and what happened during the smallpox? Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Please listen attentively. We're far more forceful than anything Biden is doing today. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, officials went door to door inoculating people by force. A pastor named Henning Jacobson sued, claiming the freedom to not be vaccinated. So this is a pastor that was pushing back at this draconian policy, forced inoculations. 
and the officials of America, they went door to door. Does that sound like policies that were being uh, implemented in the height of the pestilence 19 crisis? Brothers and sisters, take a look at this now. Listen to what they said next. Listen. And in 1905, the Supreme Court ruled... What year was that? 1905. Do not forget that date. Listen. And in 1905, the Supreme Court ruled against him 7-2. to two. That set the legal precedent that government in the United States does have the right to mandate vaccines That's in the it. interest of public health. Justice John Marshall Harlan wrote the U.S. Constitution does not give people the freedom to disregard public health measures when doing so may harm others. Mm. Opponent. All right, brothers and sisters. Interestingly, it was a pastor that protested against the mandate. He lost. And that set the precedent, as the report said, that from 1905 now, the Supreme Court has ruled the government can force inoculate its population during a pestilence health crisis. I'm going to share with you something. Hold on. Let me share with you now the articles that confirm this recent report for the year 1905. Look at the screen, brothers and sisters. By the way, you see 1905 in blue. There it is. Going back to the U.S. Supreme Court. Look at the headline, by the way. It's time to end religious exemptions. All right, friends. I've covered this before, so let me quickly peruse these articles. There it is again, 1905. Supreme Court, there it is. Let me move through. 1905, the actual citation of the ruling. And again, they can plunge, headline, they can plunge. The state has a right. The state, that means all 50 states have the right to plunge a needle into your arm. There it is, brothers and sisters. Uh, blue words, they can force inoculate the public. And look at the headline from the AMA. Is it, is mandatory inoculation legal? Yes, it is, brothers and sisters. When there is a health crisis, it is legal. Now, Today, brothers and sisters, we have various governors who are against the mandates to force inoculate people. They are against the mandates. And again, the scoffers use this to say there can never be a national Sunday law mandate with prosecution and persecution. Here are the governors now saying it cannot be done. In actuality, the governors are saying, if they understand the law, they are saying it cannot be mandated from the federal level. They know what they're doing. Because most of these governors are playing politics. And some of them are even lawyers. And they are well acquainted with the rulings. They know as governors of the 50 states, they can force inoculate their population, civilians, constituents. They know that. But they're pushing back as if they're ignorant or it's of it, it is unlawful. What is unlawful, it cannot be done by the federal government without the states signing off on it. 
Look at this, brothers and sisters. Watch carefully. There they are, a few of them, the governors in America, pushing back at the mandates, well knowing it can be done another way. Listen again, brothers and sisters. And in 1905, the Supreme Court ruled against him 7-2. to That set the legal precedent that government in the United States does have the right to mandate yes. vaccines yes. in the interest of public health. Justice John Marshall Harlan wrote the U.S. Constitution does not give people the freedom to disregard public health measures when doing so may harm others. Opponent. All right, my friends, notice now. So how will a national Sunday law be enforced? How will the Sunday law be mandated? Using that term, that phrase, how? I'll tell you. Simply, all they have to do is to frame climate change as a health crisis. Aha, uh -huh, that's it. Because once they frame climate change as a health crisis, now the governors, after they're influenced by church leaders and church members, the governors now can enact the policies of the church. And what will be one of the primary policies, my friends? It is going to be Sunday rest by law. Sunday worship by law. Is that clear? If it's clear, type in the words and nail in a sure place. Now watch. It's all about health. Why do I say it's all about health? Watch this, friends. This is a pandemic of pestilences and variants. So we must combat this health crisis by mandating the prick. Watch this. Now, to combat climate change, People need to rest. I want to ask you a question. Is rest one of the biblical principles of Bible health? Yes. It's all about health. That's it. By the way, watch carefully now. What is the entering wedge for the three angels' messages? The third angel. It is a medical missionary work. Bible health reform. Do you realize now the devil has a counterfeit entering wedge? Type that in, in the chat. The devil, Satan, the papacy, has a counterfeit entering wedge. That's it. Framing climate change as a health crisis. And now they can mandate Sunday rest by law. Do you see it now, friends? And then the same talking points. To push the mandate, to receive the Pestilence 19, magic bullet will also be used, the same arguments, to compel individuals simply to rest. Rest on what day? Sunday. There it is, brothers and sisters. Framing climate crisis as a health crisis. Now, I covered this before, won't spend much time there. For the first time, this has been done by world leaders. By the way, what's happening now? And what would transpire at Glasgow? The COP26 meeting, it is simply framing climate change, the climate crisis as a health crisis. Watch. And as I said before, the Sunday injection is going to be the inoculation. To combat the climate crisis, Sunday injection, 
Yes, my friends, look at the screen. Now, the papacy has said to combat climate change, everyone must sign this petition, healthy planet, healthy people, framing it as a health crisis. That's it, brothers and sisters. Sunday worship by law. And then, watch carefully. Now, you have governors who are saying the president is acting like a dictator in the context of the mandate to combat the pestilences. Well, you are going to see the real dictator when the Sunday law is enforced. Sunday, by the way, Sunday rest. That's the law of attraction. Sunday rest. Everybody needs rest. Sunday rest. And then you will see the true dictatorship in America fulfilling Revelation 13 verse 11, dragon, draconian policies, and verse 15 through verse 17. Look at this, brothers and sisters. A war against those who are not inoculated. Well, a war against those who refuse to rest. Rest on what day, Pastor? Sunday. There it is. Calling Mr. President a dictator. You haven't seen anything yet, brothers and sisters. With that in mind, I'm going to segue now into our second and final segment of Prophetic Insights. Then I'll take flight, brothers and sisters. I have to go. Now we have a Seventh-day Adventist publishing press Publishing House, Adventist Review. By the way, it is one of the primary and prominent publishing house of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. They just ran an article, September 11, 2021, stating that Jesus Christ broke the law, the Ten Commandments, in order to preserve life. That means... Breaking the law, Christ sinned to preserve life. If Christ had sinned, that means there is no Savior. Let me stop right there. Because needless we go down the road of that trajectory. This is gross, open apostasy, abomination. This is blasphemy to the fullest and highest extent. Are you ready for this, my friends? Look at this, September 11, 2021. I wonder why that date, that was Sabbath, by the way. Headline from Adventist Review. Headline says, it says, inoculation, mandates, and freedom. The tagline in the red box, how to approach it logically. Now, this paragraph, you may read that, okay? One thing I'm going to say about this paragraph there's no way I can cover all the points in the article. You may read the article for yourself. However, this paragraph is actually a confirmation that the inoculation, the magic bullet, does contain aborted fetal cells. That's what that paragraph intimates. All right, brothers and sisters, now let's move on. There is a segment called Clean versus unclean concerns for which people may object are objecting to Babylon's magic bullet. Listen to this. The author 
writes, because the Bible expresses a differentiation between clean and unclean. Leviticus 11. Seventh-day Adventist Christians take a stance that is opposed to the consumption of unclean foods. Thus, the thought that a, an inoculation might contain unclean ingredients is often considered an obstacle. Red words. Here it is now. Jesus is clear that even one of the Ten Commandments could be broken to preserve the life of an animal. And they quote Luke chapter 14 and verse number 5. By the way, which commandment of the Ten is the author and Adventist review? Adventist review, you cannot escape this. The chief editor, you cannot escape this. Which commandment are they referring to that Jesus is clear that even one of the Ten Commandments could be broken? They're talking about the Sabbath commandment, the Fourth Commandment of the Decalogue. And they quoted Luke chapter 14 and verse 5. Why would they use that one in the book of Luke? I'll give you the reason. In Luke chapter 6, what did Christ say about that same setting? Healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> Interestingly, the one they reference in Luke 14 and verse 5 on the surface doesn't really mention health. It's an ass or an ox falling into a pit. Luke 14, 5 on the Sabbath. Look at Luke 6 though. In Luke chapter 6, what do we find in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 7? The scribes are surrounding Jesus, willing to accuse him of a Sabbath breaker. Verse 8, you find a man with a withered hand. All right, friends. Is he sick? Yes. Verse 9, what did Christ now do? Christ says, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Verse 10, Christ healed the man. I want to ask you a question. What does that uh, scripture say about Christ healing the man, saving life on the Sabbath? Did Christ say, I'm going to violate the Sabbath? Did Christ say, I'm going to break the Sabbath? Did Christ say, I'm going to transgress the Sabbath? He says, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What are your thoughts? Because, friends, I don't have enough time to unpack all of this. I'll say this. This is blasphemy. Let's move on. Next paragraph. The same red words. Luke 14, 5. Christ is clear. I'm not sure what Bible they are reading. It must be another version than KJV. Christ is clear that even one of the Ten Commandments could be broken to preserve the life of an animal. Are we, are we animals now? Are we people? Hmm. So it follows logically that an ingredient derived from an unclean source that may be a necessary ingredient. <laughs> Lord have mercy. What fallacious arg 
argument. In something that can preserve and save lives is acceptable. One asked a question. Are you telling me that there's nothing else in nature that can be used to preserve life than something that is unclean? What are you teaching? By the way, who is Eric Low or Lau? Low Lau. This is the author of the piece that we just read. And the question is, why did the chief editor and the editor's board of Adventist Review publish this article? Could it be because they believe the same thing, that Christ broke the Sabbath in order to preserve life? Eric Lowe, who is he? Eric has served as a pastor in the Texas Conference since 2014. Watch now. He graduated with a Master of Divinity degree in the year 2020. What has he, what has he mastered? He needs a remedial course on Bible truth. Last sentence. His interests include theology, teaching, and discipleship. Well, he needs to keep on learning. As Hebrews 5 says, before you can become a teacher, you need to be taught. Brothers and sisters, it's the same argument he and others are going to use to keep Sunday. To preserve life, partake of something that is unclean. What would they also say as SDA people? They will tell us, rest on Sunday to preserve life. Your life and the life of the nation and the world. Brothers and sisters, this is the same sentiment of the Pope. The Pope also teaches and taught that Christ sinned. Look at this, brothers and sisters. You can read all of this. There it is right there. The, the Pope writes, blue words, For this little escapade, Jesus, probably, had to beg forgiveness of his parents. Oh yes, confess to Mary, right? The gospel doesn't say this, but I believe that we can presume it. Mary's question, moreover, contains a certain reproach. Christ had to beg forgiveness of his parents. Mm -hmm. That's it, brothers and sisters. If you are asking for forgiveness, that means you have sinned. A second article, the Pope writes, he stated, my friends, in 2015, that even Jesus Christ, humanly speaking, his life was a failure. He failed, brothers and sisters. The same sentiments, and I want to say now to Adventist Review, who published that article have you forgotten what happened to Review and Herald? Look at this on the screen. 1902, Review and Herald, publishing house. You mean Adventist Review? Review and Herald. All right, friends. And what are we told in volume 8 and page 91? Sister Wright writes, I feel a terror of soul as I see to what a past or a publishing house has come. The presses, even the digital presses, 
in the Lord's institution have been printing the soul-destroying theories of Romanism and other mysteries of iniquity, such as Christ taught that one of the Ten Commandments can be broken to preserve life. That's a theory of Romanism, a nail in a sure place. That is a theory of the mysteries of iniquity. Blue words. Now we are told the office must be purged of this objectionable matter. What happened, brothers and sisters, to the Pacific Press? What happened to Review and Herald? What is God saying, brothers and sisters? Have our universities, Eric, receive his master's? Of divinity degree. I wonder where he got that from. Hmm. Have our universities. And publishing houses. Within SDA. Have they become. The great gates of hell. Brothers and sisters. Adventist review. And the so called pastor Eric. He goes on to say. My friends read that right here. He says. The overarching principle. For. The differentiation between clean and unclean animals is to maintain health and preserve life with regard to one's ongoing diet. Then, unusual situations, then, unusual situations that preserve life in the face of a more imminent threat may be considered without doing harm to the principle. That's blasphemy, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, let me close on this point. As already discussed, he says, an inoculation will not defile a person in a religious sense. What? Yes. An inoculation. Pestilence 19 will not defile a person in a religious sense because inoculations are intended to preserve life and health rather than to bring harm. I want to ask you a question. Do inoculations in the past and present brought mental harm and physical harm? He says no. <laughs> He says, no, this is asinine and ludicrous. Listen, friends, listen. He says it doesn't defile a person in a religious sense. I want to ask you a question. Will this not be the same argument? Rest. A mandate to rest does not defile a person in a religious sense. Question. Will Sunday rest defile? Yes, it will by law. Yes, it will by law. Defile, what a word. What happened in Daniel chapter 1? And what did the four Hebrews say in verse 8 of Daniel 1? I will not defile my body with Babylon's magic bullet, Babylon's health protocol. Let me close now, friends. Watch now. He says, last sentence, he says this should only be further reinforced blue words so if an inoculation does not religiously defile a person that's his straw man argument 
It is fear to argue. Is it fear to argue? Is it fear to argue against civil mandates as tied to religious freedom if they do not infringe upon religious values? Eric, an Adventist review. The pestilence 19 policies do infringe upon our religious value and it is fear to protest. That's it, friends. He's trying. Adventist Review is also trying their very best to silence the protest in the area of health and religion. And yet they'll tell you there's no connection. Yet they are making that connection between health, pestilence 19 crisis, and the Sabbath worship, the Sunday law crisis. TikTok. My time is going. By God's grace, my friends, we will resume on tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Father in heaven. Father in heaven. Though all men forsake you, by your grace, we will follow you. By your grace, we will remain watchful and prayerful. By your grace, we believe you will feed us, clothe us, and shelter us, and keep us healthy. By your grace, you'll place us in the right location before the brunt of this Sunday law crisis. By your grace, you will save us. And Father, I pray for all these men we have just mentioned, Eric and Adventist Review, editors and publishers, that they will publicly repent before it is too late. Save us, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Maranatha, the protest continues.